Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Call yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now a bunch of podcasts, all 30 minutes or less giving you your football fills so you can be the most knowledgeable person among your friends, your families, maybe most importantly, your colleagues at work. We got the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and we posted our first power rankings of the season yesterday so you can see, or I guess hear, where your team stacks up. We are now daily, Monday through Friday, on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We've got the Fantasy Feast Podcast getting you ready for all of the NFL Week 1 action. Who should be in your lineup? Who should not? And then the Even Money Podcast. We actually record that a little bit later today to help all of you place your bets. If you want to know what's going on and or see some witty commentary and some great press box food and maybe some beer and maybe get a free Madden Make sure you're following at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and on Instagram. Very, very important. You should also be following at Ross Tucker Pod because I have a sneaky suspicion at Ross Tucker Pod will be the one actually giving away a free copy of Madden today. Again, at Ross Tucker Pod. The key to this show, though, it's Emory Hunt, the hardest working man in football. At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And I already saw where at least a couple of you last week said, oh, Ross, thanks for the reminder. I just went to footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide to get my order already, which I love it, Emery. Why, why wait? Why, 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 why wait? But get, get the pre-order in now so as soon as it's ready, you get it. Right. And, and the fact that, you know, you may even get it earlier this year than previous years. You know, I'm trying to work smarter, not harder. You know, I usually go dark um, right after the Super Bowl and spend a month just breaking down film and getting it out before the combine. You might even get it during all-star game season. Who knows? Ooh, I like it. I like the tease there. Emery, before we get into some of the big games this week, because that's what we do. 
We talk about the biggest games, the best players, best prospects in the biggest games, and Emery picks the games against the spread. I didn't want to just get any thoughts, takeaways you had from week one in college football, whether it was Georgia's demolition of Oregon or Ohio State, Notre Dame, or maybe the game's last couple nights, LSU, Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech. What what observations, if any, do you have? I feel like, by the way, I'll, I'll say one. There might be some more people, Emory, getting on your Anthony Richardson bandwagon that you started after that play he had the other night. It's You're, you're the only one out there, and I know this for a fact from what I've seen at least, that had him as the number one ranked quarterback. I'm not saying he is that yet, but you know what it's like. You play a big game on a Saturday night, you have a play like that, the momentum starts. Right. It starts to build and everyone is going to start to one up one another. It goes from I think he's the best quarterback in his draft class uh, to I think he's the next Cam Newton. to I think he may be the best quarterback prospect in the last two decades. Right. So everyone's going to, you know, try to one up like this guy more than the next guy. But, you know, a lot of the traits that you saw out there were the traits that I highlighted on this show and also just said, hey, if you're projecting forward when we're talking about because people always take the word and not understand the word at its meaning, you know, and we both are college educated. Uh, you went to an Ivy League school. I went to a school that's the best, quite honestly, pound for pound in the state of Louisiana. So <laughs> we, we take these words seriously where if we're talking about prospect, we're talking about tools and projecting forward. And he has the best tools and, you know, combined with youth and growth. That's the prospect, right? So, um, yeah, I, I was funny to see that the people, high-ranking draft Knicks say, wow, I may have to, I can't wait to break down Richardson. Well, wait, you covered a draft for a living. What are you doing? Like, how how could you not be ahead of the curve on this, right? Um, but to your question about my takeaway, and I hate, I, as you know, Ross, I'm not a prisoner of the moment guy. I love to provide perspective. Uh, but I will say this. I feel like last week was the best opening week of college football we've seen in history, you know? I ain't seen it all, but I've seen enough, right? So from the App State, North Carolina game to Florida State, LSU, to Florida, Utah, to a lot of these games that we saw over the course of the week weekend, it was like, yo, this is phenomenal action um, that we're getting in, in these high-stake, crazy college football games. East Carolina, NC State was another one. that just kind of was like, I, I can't believe – Game after game is giving us down-to-the-wire type mayhem, and this is what makes college football so much fun, um, and in my opinion, so much better than the NFL game. And I love the NFL game because you're getting the best of the best, um, and you're getting competitive, high-level games, but you don't get mayhem like you do in college football. Um, And even to the LSU game, I hated how everyone was, you know, I I had a friend that was at the game, and then I go back and watch the game on the All-22 afterwards to see confirmation of what I thought was happening live, right? And to see people kill Jaden Daniels for taking off as if, you know, at the top of his drop, every time they showed the replay from the end zone camp, at the top of his drop, receivers still running the routes. Somebody, offensive lineman, has gotten beaten across his face and, and the defender's in his face of Jaden Daniels. He had no choice but to take off, and it's because he was taking off and picking up those cheap yards, it kept LSU in the game. But when he had to lock in 
and make throws. And this is the point I kept bringing up about Jaden Daniels all throughout the summer was his situational football and situational awareness and his toughness is what makes him a really good quarterback. And we saw that you know, on that 99-yard touchdown drive, right? Uh, but also another thought, uh, and I'm not rambling here, but it was sort of bittersweet watching homeboy verse for the Florida State Seminoles smash LSU, right? Great defensive end is going to be a great player. He's going to, you know, get drafted. Go all. But if you're you Albany, you like, what the hell, man? Like, we did all this work when you at Florida State probably said, hey, you're too small, too short, you know, just not quite there yet. Okay, at Albany, we like, yeah, okay, we got you. We're going to give you opportunity. We develop you. We give you that opportunity. You go off. And then Florida State comes back around and says, oh, yeah, wow, you're a great player. We want you. And you, as a, the you know the, the college athletes, like, yeah, you know what? I want to go to Florida State. It's like, dang, man, like they told you you were ugly earlier. And now they, you know, back then they wasn't on you. Now you're hot. They're all over you. Like what? The, so if I'm an FCS program, it's almost like we had – that spotlight game on that player was like, wow, we really got to now re-recruit these guys consistently because these FCS program, I mean, these FES Power Five programs are going to come poach our best players. Yeah, man, it's the new normal, and uh, I don't, I don't feel great about it either. Uh, but I just think we have to get used to it. It's crazy, by the way, for a guy to come from Albany and to be that dominant already. At the, I mean, it's two games in a row where he's just been killing guys. Um, good, for, I'm happy for him. He's going to get drafted higher as a result, and I ultimately want every kid possible to maximize the financial security they can get for their families from their talents and their hard work. So I'm happy for him, but yeah, it is a little rough for the FCS schools, and it's interesting, you know, even me doing the UAB. Alabama A&M last week, you know, UAB's got a bunch of good players and their interim head coach, Brian Vincent was saying a lot of them had offers to go other places and they, they chose to stay And the UAB's a top five group of five programs. So you can see why, but they do, they have some really good guys. I'm sure had, had options and you know, with NIL and the transfer portal, it's kind of uh kind of just the new normal. So I'm with you, Emery. Um, I, I guess I, this is how it's going to be. The kids that can't hack it at the P5s are going, to, are going to transfer down, see how they do it at the group of fives or FCS. The kids that are end up being excellent at the group of five or FCS, a lot of them are going to transfer up. Um, it's it's wild. Uh, speaking of wild, let's get to the wild, wild west. USC at Stanford. USC is laying nine. I guess I'm a little surprised, Emery. When you look at USC wide receiver Jordan Addison, he was the Blitnikoff Award winner last year. You know, we had three wide receivers go in the top 11 picks. <clears throat> Yet I look at some of these rankings out there, and he's not really projected to go in the top 20. You know, most of the ones I've had, I've seen have him later first round. So I'm a little surprised by that, that the guy that won the Blitnikoff that lit it up isn't thought of as highly as a bunch of guys that, you know, got drafted this past year that he won the award over. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like he's being looked at as a product of the system as opposed to being the system. But 
in that same breath, these same folks looked at Kenny Pickett and said, oh, he superseded the system when he could have been a product of the system. And I feel like all of that is kind of intertwined. And we, we should see, you know, him project higher um, based off where he's going now, transferring out of that system. But then he's going to get the same knock uh, in this new system because people say, well, it's, you know, Lincoln Riley system, it's schemed open these big plays, these shot plays. But I feel like people are looking at his size and and uh, kind of saying he's more of a Deontay Johnson than uh, Larry Fitzgerald just based off his size. Well, yeah, of course, he's not 6'3", 225, um, 6'4". But, you know, you could still be a high-level productive receiver. I think people probably are viewing him more as a wide receiver two or wide receiver three as opposed to a bona fide number one. All I know is I like guys that can put the ball in the paint. I want those guys on my football team, and I think he's one of the best receivers in the country. Um, and, again, the NFL draft is fickle. No matter where you go, I just want you on the, on the team. You know what I'm saying? So as long as you go to the right situation, I think he's going to be someone that supersedes situation regardless of where he goes. So he's still a fantastic prospect. Um, it, it's fascinating you brought that up because it is weird how the narrative – was last year for him. He should be allowed to go to the pros now. Okay, cool. Uh, I agree with you there. If you're good enough, you should be able to go. But now that he's eligible, eh, well, we could, you know, there's other guys that are, you know, we kind of like better than him. It's, it's such a bizarre dynamic. What do you think of Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee, Emery? I know, uh, like, our buddy Dane Brugler and some other people like him. I didn't know that much about him. Yeah, he, he's – I actually like him better than Will Levis. Um, I think he throws the ball a little bit better, a little bit more consistent than Will Levis, and we'll talk about Levis later. Um, but his lower body mechanics needs a lot of work, and he kind of looks like your cookie-cutter, um, you know, copy-and-paste Stanford quarterback. He kind of looks like Davis Mills out there, right? You know, a guy that has a, a looping delivery uh, when he throws a football, but, you know, has some intermediate – um, velocity and, and some arm strength that kind of it, it may look like it's not coming out with some steam, but it does have some steam on it. His placement has to improve, um, you know, and so we should see if he can flatline his play. There were some peaks and valleys last year with this play. Uh, you want to see those peaks sustained because I think Stanford could be a sneaky, um, good team this year in the Pac 12 because a lot of the people they have returning and the, you know, the veteran or, you know, experience they have with McKee at quarterback. Well, what about the spread in this one with USC favored by nine? What are you doing there? It's a lot of points, but until proven otherwise, I want to see Stanford's defense be able to cover and and defend USC. So I'm going to lay those nine points with USC. I know people are scared off with how the game started last week versus Rice, but USC's talent just overtook Rice at the end of the day. Um, so I think that'll happen in this one. I, I do like USC. I lay the points. Uh, what about a huge game in the SEC? Boy, you know, Florida's not messing around with their schedule this year, right? I mean, Utah week one, now they got Kentucky. Kentucky is at Florida. And you were mentioning Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. Yeah, Levis to me reminds me a lot of Daniel Jones. Um, you know, stature, uh, athleticism, you know, how he plays. I think he's much better when he's playing on the center because that helps him get his footwork and mechanics in line. 
Um, but I, I don't see the the arm strength um, to really drive the football in these tight windows. And I think he's a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger at times. You want to see that anticipate anticipation uh, kick up a notch. Um, and if that happens, then we'll probably see him connect a little bit more on these deeper throws or whatnot. I feel like last year was a lot of these short to short to intermediate uh, passes, you know, Wondell Robinson type plays. But you want to see, especially in this game, uh, can he attack the football deep down the field consistently? And I think that's areas of growth for him or areas of opportunity for growth uh, within this game. But, you know, I have him slightly behind a Tanner McKee uh, be- because of some of those inconsistencies. The edge rusher that you like for uh, Florida is Brenton Cox Jr. Yeah, he's a he's a lean athlete. He you know he's got some good muscle tone to him. Um, I think he can provide good pop upon contact, uh, and will probably have to be a force in this game and disrupt a lot of what Kentucky wants to do throwing the football. Um, you saw in that game against Utah, he had some opportunities to really you know, get pressure on Cam Rising and, and frustrate him in the pocket. I want to see him finish a little bit more in this game. And I think the finishing part is where um, there's that room for growth for, for Cox uh, in this game. This is a huge matchup for Levis and Anthony Richardson. You know, they might be the two most physically, like, imposing and impressive quarterback prospects. They certainly look better than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young on the hoof uh this is going to be a heck of a game emory just to watch these two quarterbacks go at each other florida's favored by four and a half they're play- at least they're playing at home again back-to-back weeks at home yeah i feel like four and a half is a lot uh considering you know the magnitude of this game how kentucky runs the football i know people want to see their run game be better i think their run game will be better uh kentucky really is a good point of attack team on both sides of the ball um florida we know can run the football. Their defense will have to kick it up a notch. I felt like Utah, you know, was able to move the football consistently on them, especially on third down. Um, so I see this one going back and forth, man. So four and a half seems like a lot. I do like Florida to win the game. They have the better quarterback. I will say take Kentucky in the points because I feel like this will be a lot closer than that. That four and a half just seems like way too much in this game, in the magnitude of this game. Um, what about Baylor at BYU? Baylor's favored by three and a half. They're laying three and a half. And he had an O-lineman for Baylor, Connor Galvin. Very good left tackle. Um, you know, good body lean. I'm big on body lean, to be honest. Um, I know everyone is built differently and you could, you know, you have, uh, O-lineman coming all shapes and sizes, but when you have, good body lean it kind of gives you a good shot to be successful and i i like him more um in that regard because of how he's able to to be athletic again against these different you know types of rushers he sees in the big 12 big 12 low-key got a lot of you know speed coming off the edge he's able to handle handle it you know set a good anchor then redirect uh these defenders so up front gives him a shot and they're going to need him in this game because be well in this game he's going to be more counted on to to withstand that strength that BYU has up front. I I do also feel like because of how he's built and how he plays, his strength will match the strength of those rushes he's going to see. You surprised BYU's favored by three and a half? Not at all. They they have excellent quarterback play and they have, 
experience. And that's the always going to be the, the, the theme with BYU is the experience, but not Jaron Hall is phenomenal. Um, and he's a guy to, to watch for BYU. He's another one of these quarterback prospects that I have ranked higher, uh, maybe some than most because of his talent. I think he's uh, he he is just like Zach Wilson in terms of what he brings to the table. He can run. Uh, he's got a whip of an arm. I think he has a stronger arm than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson may have the quicker release, um, but I, I like Jaron Hall's you know composure under pressure. I think he handles pressure better, and he's going to see a lot of it in this game from Baylor. Uh, because of Aranda's defense and, and the challenges they present themselves and the, the moving pieces that they have on defense. But Hall is someone who played well in this game last year against Baylor. Uh, so I feel like he can do that again, especially with some of the options that he has out there on the field. couple interesting things about Jaron Hall. Um, one is, to your point about experience, he's 24 years old. Um, that's the way BYU rolls, man. 24 years old. He um, is the first black quarterback to start a game at BYU. I didn't realize that. When he started in place of Zach Wilson against South Florida. And he played in two games in 2018. I mean, that's a long time ago now. It feels like 2018. But that's that's how a lot of these guys are now, especially for BYU. So, um, really looking forward to that game and watching him play. What are you doing with the spread there, Emery? Three and a half is what BYU is laying. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the hook that kind of scares me here uh, because of how good Aranda's defense is. So I'm going to say take Baylor in the points. I really don't have um, a pick in this game, but if I had to lean, it would probably lean toward uh, BYU because uh, of Jaron Hall. But Blake Shippen is a really good quarterback for Baylor. Uh, in his own right. And so, you know, we could see another one of these wild games that go back and forth. So that's why the hook here scares me. So I'll say take Baylor and the points. Yeah, I would never lay uh, three and a half points. It's just a bad number. You know, it's just that they, they, they're they're begging you to take the dog, I feel like, in those games. Not a fan of, of, uh, of laying three and a half. What about the battle of uh, two of the best backs in the country, Alabama at Texas, Emory, where Alabama on the road is laying 20. Alabama at Texas. Let's start with the Alabama running back who could have been playing last night for Georgia Tech, but he wasn't. His name is Jameer Gibbs. He's explosive, man. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again for those that are just tuning in for the first time. Uh, I agree with a lot of the people that are saying he's Alvin Kamara-like. You can see that because he's so dynamic out on the perimeter um, in a downfield passing game. He's always one carry away from breaking it to the house. Um, and I feel like that's going to be the difference in this Alabama offense this year. When you talk about um, what Alabama has been missing, it's been the dynamic tailback. When they've had that, they've been virtually uh, unstoppable. We saw this with Mark Ingram. We saw this with Derrick Henry. Um and we're going to see this with Jameer Gibbs. And what was impressive in this game or in the game last week was how Bryce Young ran for over 100 yards. We we really don't even talk about Bryce Young in terms of the running threat, you know. Um, but having Jameer Gibbs and also now Bryce Young's running, running ability is going to be bananas to try to defend Alabama uh, because now they can beat you on both ends of offense. So Gibbs, to me, 
is a more dynamic player than B. John Robinson. Um, but it's not to say B. John Robinson isn't a great talent in his own right. Well, let's talk about that because I've also seen, you know, B. John Robinson looks like, you know, maybe one of the more highly ranked running backs we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, to me, it's funny, Ross, because as much as um, Twitter, fantasy football Twitter, draft Twitter, analytics Twitter, as much as they love to bang on these running backs in the run game, there's a deep philosophical reason why I believe they hate the run game, but I'll keep that under my hat. But for the sake of this, you know, point I'm trying to make, both of these backs going in the first round, you know, because they're difference makers, and that's the difference. That's why you want to take those uh, those type of backs in the first round. And B. John Robinson, for me, I feel like you could drop him off in any era, to be honest. I feel like if you told me B. John Robinson was following Cedric Benson, I'm like, yeah, I, I could see that. You know, I could see them – I can see him being next in line. And while Benson has 175 yards rushing against Tulsa, they showing the camera on the sideline and B. John Robinson. But they got this freshman, B. John Robinson, that's pretty doggone good. He's waiting in the wings from insert Texas high school, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can see that. If you told me he was, you know, able to play the space game like that, what it is now, I can see that too, where you, you line him up in the slot and have him run routes. I think he could thrive in that era. I think he could thrive in this era right here um, that we're currently seeing him in where he doesn't need volume to be successful. He's just like Gibbs. He's one play away, one carry away from making a big play. And I think that right there gives Texas a chance in games. Um, And he's a big physically imposing guy. He's not Derrick Henry imposing, but he's well put together. He's legit six feet, 220 pounds with game breaking speed. That's, that's, you know, quote unquote, knock on wood. That's, that's how, uh, Cedric Benson was the late great Cedric Benson. So for me, I I love B. John Robinson. I think he's uh you know he has that complete back, um you know explosiveness uh, with them or the tag on that or oh, he could be the complete back. I want to see how well he does in blitz pickup in his game because I'm pretty sure because they're starting a freshman, it's probably the same thing with Bill Belichick versus a rookie, Nick Saban versus freshman quarterbacks. I want to see how well he's going to be utilized in the passing game, not necessarily catching the ball. Cause I know he could do that and be a downfield threat, but how he can protect. Um, Cause I think that's going to be an area of his game that obviously you're going to want to study um, when we're talking about draft. But in this game, I think it's going to be critical for him to keep Quinn Ewers from Ewers from being, you know, shell shocked from the pressures he's going to see coming from Alabama. Alabama's laying 20, Emory, 20. Your thought, it's a big number. Oh, man, it's a big number, man, but it's Alabama, you know, and 20 can happen so fast. And, you know, we're we're at the part of the season where Texas is back. Um, so I feel like a lot of people are going to say take Texas in the points because of what Texas did last week. They're back. You know, they got yours and, man, ladies points with Alabama. You know, Texas is not back yet. Um, and it, it'll be it'll be tight for a quarter to where everyone is gonna buy in and you know everybody's gonna be talking. You're gonna see a lot of the orange bloods on social media. You know, Bijan's gonna have a big run in the beginning of the part of the game, and everybody's gonna say this is the game Alabama Lewis Nick Saban should retire. He's you know, he's 70 whatever years old, and Ladies point, they're going to look back up in the third quarter and Alabama's going to have like a 41-13 lead. Yeah, ladies points comfortably with Alabama. Check him out on social media at F-Ball Game Plan. 
is where you can find Emery or a football game plan on YouTube. We are youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you want to watch this show or see the highlights of any of the other shows, I mentioned earlier, I mentioned again, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide to make sure you get Emery's draft guide. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker pod on social media. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.